Emmy award-winning comedian John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time only on Netflix. Just three ingredients, the Triscuit. Water, wheat, salt? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I think that's, they're not including the water. It's just oil. They don't include the water. I invented Triscuits. I invented Triscuits. I think it's just oil. I think it's just oil, water, salt. Yeah. And flour. Yeah. Wait, then how does it have to oil, be water, and salt? <laughs> doesn't we, they we, might not count the oil, but there's definitely wait. Can you Google Triscuit? water? They probably don't count the water. Yeah. <laughs> Triscuits, please. <laughs> this debate. Are we recording? Oh, yeah. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. I'm here with Kendra. Hi, Kendra. Hello, Hallie. Oh, hi. And Brian. Hey. Enough formalities. Let's get into it. What a weekday. In a recently resurfaced clip from 2022, House Speaker Mike Johnson says he and his underage son use the app off promoted by evangelical Christians called Covenant Eyes to monitor each other's porn usage. So my county accountability partner right now is Jack, my son, right? And so he's 17. So he and I get a report of all the, the things that are on our phones or all of our devices once a week. If anything objectionable comes up, your accountability partner gets an immediate notice. I'm proud to tell you my son has he's got a clean slate, all right? Oh, so it's bad when dads aren't involved with their son's lives, but it's also bad when they're involved to an upsettingly intimate and weird degree. Fathers in this society simply can't win. <laughs> so the way people are talking about this makes it sound like they're perusing each other's J.O. material, but the whole point of Covenant Eyes is that the report they send to the accountability partners is always stepmom-free. And, and in Mike Johnson's case, he's probably good to go anyway after a quick Google search for prayer wife stock photo or maybe Burt Lancaster swimming. You know, there's a... Yes? Nothing. What were you going to say? No, I, I was trying to think of the right... I was trying to think of the right um, uh, old Hollywood movie star to be that. And I thought of, oh, like Burt Lancaster Let me swimming. But then I Googled and Burt Lancaster was in a movie called The Swimmer. So I think it must have been rattling around in there. For me, it's Gene Kelly and the Pirate. Hmm. Yeah. I'm happy to admit that. I don't know if I have an old person that I am attracted to in that way. Hallie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm looking at photos of Burt Lancaster. You know, I think Good look, looking, there's something for everybody. You know what I mean? When I saw North by Northwest for the first time, there's a scene where I believe he's either escaping from a hospital for some reason or... Anyway, he's either shirtless or like... He's exposed in some way in the hospital. and He's shirtless. I found it. And I found it. And I just remember seeing it being like, wow. Yes. When Hollywood was just a bunch of like middle-aged white guys promoting middle-aged white guys, mm -hmm. you really, pundit, you're staying in here now, buddy. <laughs> he just made us open the door to let you into the studio. Now you're stuck in the fucking studio. Anyway, when that's what Hollywood was, it is amazing how like not that special you had to look to be a movie star like Cary Grant just looks like kind of an like an older normal guy in that scene it'd be like just seeing your friend's dad put on a shirt you're like all right he looks good he's doing okay but that's... I never thought that about my friend's dads well I, I I I guess I never have either but hypothetically you're not like oh my god who's cool hand Luke cool hand Luke was uh uh, uh Paul Newman 
I want to give it very Paul attractive. Paul Newman is gorgeous. Very attractive. I mean, Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. Paul Newman and Cool Hand Stuff Luke. Stuff those eggs. Can't. Clark Gable. <laughs> Good Lord, stunning. Clark yeah, Gable could, and it happened one night. He could, he could cut up. <laughs> Jesus. He could cut off my parking meter. I don't know what that means. <laughs> For the quarters? Well, that's what he does in the beginning of the film. I know. Anyway, Covenant Eyes is defeated with a VPN and an encrypted hard drive. And here's the thing about Teenage Boys. When it comes to finding J.O. material, I don't know why we keep saying J.O. material, but I don't know another way to say it. Jerk off. Jerk off. off. Oh, I've never no, heard J.O. Masturbation. I, I think he was using Tapping. another euphemism, not the longer version of J.O. We all know what J.O. means. Anyway, the point is teenage boys are like water to cracks. Oh, you've blocked porn in their phones? You don't think a Christian teen knows how to get around their parents' bullshit? Anyway, the app scans all the activity on your phone or your devices, your laptop, what have you. Johnson told a panel called The War on Technology at Cypress Baptist Church. We do all of it. Yes, all of it, said Johnson's teenage son, unfurling a well-worn vintage playboy. When asked why his son is his accountability partner and not, say, his wife, Johnson responded, because my son knows how to keep a fucking secret. These people are sick. Yeah. These people are perverse. This is not good. No, I don't think this is good. And I you're on the record. I want to be clear that I don't think this is good. But but I am sure a lot of parents struggle with how to stop their kids from looking at Internet pornography, which is really disturbing and unhealthy for younger kids. Sure. Yes. But it, it's the laser, laser focus on pornography that I think like, there's so many apps and like I think services that do this generally for any amount of alarming internet behavior. So it's like the we're only looking for porn and you will only receive a notification for porn is kind of like giving up the game a little bit. I also think if this kid's gay, it's like, I, I don't know, there's, you just know it's going to be way worse. Like, I, you know, like you could just see like if there's anything going on that is not, oh, you are exactly the child I'm raising you to be. The, the kid's going to be punished. And I just don't like setting up the punishment. Kids are going to look at porn, but that if you're a parent, you have to talk to them and be like, this is what porn is. This like these are real people. Like I think that's the conversation rather than if I catch you doing this and then the fucked up part, you catch your dad jerking off. This can't be good. This well, is I, bad. This shouldn't exist. Yeah, no, that part of it's that's horrible. the part. Well, the other thing too is it's like okay, I, it's it's confusing because it the way they describe Covenant Eyes on the Covenant Eyes website, a place I visited, is it really is about two. Two, it, it's about two people keeping each other honest. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're go, if you're giving your kid a phone or access to the internet, you don't need an accountability partner. You just want to spy on their. You just want to spy on them, right? Yeah. Which they have apps for. Which they yeah, have apps exactly. for, and like, it's it's just very confusing because it's once you know that your parents are getting a report of everything on your phone. It, you're not going to get caught using your phone doing that because you know you can't anymore. Yeah. So it's really just, but so you're, in the. Uh, yeah, but, you're setting up secrecy and weirdness within, but it, it, it's unfortunately like, you know, I was raised Catholic, but it's like, it's basically the idea like if I control my son's interaction with pornography, I can control him as a person on some level, which you can't. Covenant Eyes has a podcast. Who does? Covenant Eyes. Oh, they do? Yeah, Ryan is going to ears, listen to every ears. episode. <laughs> It's right there. Also, Mike uh, Johnson has a podcast. We the know Power that, right? of Acknowledging Sin, Lessons from an Exorcist with Father Vincent Lampert. Oh, no. They're going to exercise these kids. They're just horny. It's normal. Want yeah. Me? I mean, but the other point I was going to make about it is just that, so you trust your kids enough to give them this technology, but not enough to not use it in a way you've prescribed. It's not about trust now, though, because if you don't have a cell phone... 
now. Like it's that's a requirement. Right. You ha- a kid, a child has to have that system. Which is again like this is why it's like I I know this is Mike Johnson. I watched these clips of Mike Johnson, and obviously he's a he's a creepy dude. But he is like in a position that I think a lot of parents are in, which is take take out the Christian fundamentalism. And it's like, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> really? I was like, <laughs> but, well, that's the problem. No, no, yeah, but take but... out the Christian fundamentalism. And it is actually just parents dealing with the fact that there's this, this network effect, which is all the kids have to have these devices. These devices are terrible for children. And the only way to make them slightly less terrible is either by like punishment or restriction or spying or like trying to figure I, I think out. That's I, mis- I think that's, that's a I just, I, but yeah. I, yeah, I disagree. I actually think the way to make the devices less terrible is to have an open line of communication yeah. with your child about not just the porn, but everything that is going to be happening on this device. Yes, but but I, w- whatever your whatever your response is to try to mitigate the effect of the device being in the hands of kids, the point is that we built a system that makes it hard for parents to not put what is ultimately a harmful device into the hands of every child. And then we say to parents, you need to figure out how to keep your kids safe in this unsafe environment that you have no choice but to be a part of. And I think that does suck in the same way that it sucks that we like fill the schools with junk food and then tell kids they need to learn self-discipline. And guns. And guns. It's just like we, we create these systemic problems and then we put it upon individuals and families to solve it for themselves. And I do think that that's like over and over and over again. Like when you see like even like we'll talk about it, but like even when you see polls that show people are extremely dissatisfied with the economy, just like, okay, they're just extremely dissatisfied with like the state of the world, with the state of our society, with the state of the culture. And I think one big piece of it is that we've made life so much more frenetic and confusing and anxious and, and difficult to navigate and we haven't, not only do we not give people the tools to navigate it, we we make it harder. We make it almost impossible to succeed. And then we wonder why, like, the kids are all, like, you know, anxious and adult and, like, prone to, like, suicide ideation to greater and greater degree. We wonder why adults are yelling at each other and, like, having giant fights on planes. It's like, yeah, we built a fucking nightmare cage that we're all trapped inside of. Anyway. That's what I wanted to say about that. Noah's Ark was kind of a nightmare cage that they were all trapped inside of. It's kind of a sex boat. But, but most of them were animals, like literally animals. Don't you can't punish your kids out of being horny. It just it's not possible. They're just gonna look. No, they're gonna find no. historical romance novels. Like, right? Yeah, it, they're not looking at. Uh, it, it, yeah, if you're not looking at right. photos, guess what? You're gonna find all sorts of fan fiction. I remember it was. A, I remember being a tween and writing essentially what is like slash fiction. I don't know what it's called now, but like flashback. Yeah, literally a romantic story between Sp- Spider Man and Venom. Yeah, and I didn't even know what I, I was literally writing. I'm like, I need to express this part of me. But no, but and and now there's like a whole like be online like that's like a whole thing that people do. I was doing it independently. I didn't have the internet. That I was is creating. So that. like, I actually like in all seriousness, I actually think that that is incredibly healthy because like genuinely I a lot of my sex ed because I went to boarding school we did not have like sex ed class um and in middle school sex ed was nothing but I learned a lot about sex from writing Harry Potter fan fiction like and from reading fan fiction and from being in community with older women in these like in this atmosphere who would like read write edit leave comments and stuff like that was a lot of my sex ed and I think it was like a pretty healthy way to learn about sex online it must have been Slightly disappointed to discover there was fewer wands 
once you actually got to the business of of <laughs> the real thing. Because you could bring wands into it. That's it, you know. Hello, This weekend, the 2024 Republican candidates gathered for the Florida GOP's Freedom Summit, which was held at the Gaylord Palms Resort in Kissimmee, Florida. Kissimmee Gaylord, that's what that mean lacrosse player said to me when he got drunk in college sophomore year. Huh? None of us interacted with lacrosse players in college. Come on. I I, I was roommate with, with a lacrosse player. <laughs> like me. Did he, I was like, did he kiss you? No, despite my best efforts, no. <laughs> my version of fan fiction was uh, telling a story about the guy in the pizza box who would say, Kissimmee. <laughs> he sounds like Mario. <laughs> Mario? Mario. Sorry, Mario. Mario. Your people. I played lacrosse for one year and I cried every day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the sports is for. I think they had to custom order a helmet for me because my head was too small. And then when it finally got there, the first day I put it on and my first play, someone hit me so hard in the helmet that their stick broke on my head. <gasps> I know. For the record, I was a varsity <clears throat> athlete and I would just like to put that out there. Yeah, I was varsity tennis. Your head was too small for any any normal helmet. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Huh. Brian. Yeah. You're a smart guy. I know. Big things come to good things come in small packages. <laughs> Presidential hopeful Asa Hutchinson earned boos and jeers when he pointed out that the significant likelihood Trump will be convicted of a crime would hurt the GOP's chances in 2024. As someone who's been in the courtroom for over 25 years as a federal prosecutor and also in defending some of the most serious federal criminal cases, I can say that there is a significant likelihood that Donald Trump will be found guilty by a jury on a felony offense next year. Boo! Boo, Asa Hutchinson. My wife and I didn't come here to face reality. If he wanted to face reality, I'd be on a statin and my wife would have left me for Jeff down the street who goes to museums. Hutchinson went on to say this. And it might not make any difference to you, but it will make a difference for our chances to attract independent voters in November. That's actually true. Uh, Who does he think he's addressing? I I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it after Chris Christie because there is something about going to these places and just getting booed. But uh, Democrats and Republicans talk about independent voters like one of those uncontacted Mm. tribes deep within the Amazon. Like we only have footage from above. And there was that one Rockefeller that tried to say hello and ended up dead. Michael Rockefeller. I really just like that Asa Hutchinson was committed enough to get a facelift before he did this. It's good work. Oh, you think he got something done? Oh, yeah. Huh. If you look at if you look at the timeline of this year, he looks great. Oh no, like yeah, his, yeah, he looks I good. like that his logo is a big scarlet A behind him. That's funny. I don't think he knows. <laughs> he's not wrong about some things. It's just that it's, he's never gonna be president. Yeah, because who is he? Yeah, hmm. he's he's Governor Asa Hutchinson. Governor of what? <laughs> Chris Christie was was also booed and jeered while he criticized the former president after an attendee heckled from the audience. Christie joked. Hey. What a shock you're for Trump. I'm going to fall over dead. You almost feel for the crowd. It's like they came to see Renee rap in a Broadway show. Instead, they get understudy after understudy. And then the understudies all get out there and just shit on Renee rap. To change the joke from Sutton Foster to Renee rap. Yeah, Renee rap was your go-to for I'm shelling out to see Broadway? Um, I, yeah, I don't, I guess it's because I know who Renee rap is. Audra McDonald. Uh, well, Pat- I wanted to go newer. <laughs> okay. Because Sutton, where, what, where? Sutton is going in for Sweeney Todd. I know. I'm just not. Emily from- Ashford. Okay. Well, I just wasn't as familiar with Sutton Foster. 
I I saw it recently at TikTok. Danae Benton. I I had Kristen Chenoweth actually. <laughs> Incomparable Adele Dazeem. <laughs> I, I actually put. I thought about putting. So here is what. Oh, let me tell you. Let's go through this. Why not? Okay, please. That's yeah. what what a, what what a weekday is for. Okay, so you had Sutton Foster in there. Who put Sutton Foster? In? Was that you or was that Lazarus? I think it was. I think it was Lazarus or potentially Jossie. So, I saw Sutton Foster there, and I said, okay. I don't I don't feel familiar enough with Sutton Foster to make this joke. Doesn't feel authentic to me. So I should replace that person with someone that would make sense to me. I originally was going to put uh, uh, Kristen Chenoweth in part because it is the 20th anniversary of Wicked. And I'm seeing a lot of Chenoweth content in my algorithm. The algorithm knows what I want. It wants to give me many, 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 many versions of for good. But I what I appreciated about having Sutton Foster there is it wasn't going to the older, to like the kind of big names of the 90s, 2000s. It was like a more, a, fre a fresher name. And then I thought, well, I don't want to be just like the old fucking elder millennial replacing someone from Broadway now with like Adina Menzel or Kristen Chenoweth, though I love them. And so I thought, well, who's who's someone that I like and I'm aware of? And actually Renee Rapp is somebody I recently saw sing, I believe for good, Yes. At her concert. And so that's what happened. Okay. I would say maybe Renee Rapp's most rabid fans don't have the disposable income uh, to like rush a Broadway show and feel frustrated by understudies kind of coming for her. But wasn't she in Mean Girls? Mean Girls, yeah. I mean, I feel like if she was in Mean Girls and there was a lot of people that would have come to Mean Girls to see her. Part of it is because Renee Rapp is crossing over. So she has a lot of non-Broadway fans who might go to Broadway for the specific purpose, not of seeing Mean Girls on Broadway, though they want to, but to see Renee Rapp only to discover when they're handed the program. My goodness, it's that little piece of paper with the worst news. Like when I went, Sarah when Lazarus I was wrote this joke, by the way. Great. Another banger from Laz. But <laughs> so when I went to as a kid to see um, how to succeed in business without really trying, it was supposed to be Matthew Broderick, but instead it was John Stamos. Ooh, that's tough. That's and, tough. But still some. But fun. and this yeah, was no, very sweet because my yeah. parents chose it because we liked Full House. So they intended to get the understudy? They they chose the John Stamos run. Oh. They shot for the stars. And they landed went among the stars. Yeah, they would they were like they like they were like, no, 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 not the Matthew Broderick dates. Put those aside. We want to see John Stamos on Broadway. Wow, I'm gonna tell your dad about this next time I see him. I, I guarantee you my dad was not involved in the producing of this plan. <laughs> he was a passenger. Anyway, Christy went on to say this. Every one of those boos, every one of those cat calls. Every one of those yells will not keep it. Yes, sure. Will not solve one problem we face in this country. Will not solve and will and will not and, and will not make this country better. Your anger, your anger, your anger against the truth is reprehensible. First of all, I like that Chris Christie realized, like, as this was unfolding, that, like, I need to make this a moment. I can make this a moment. I just appreciate when a politician is like, I'm going to make this out of make this a little moment out of this because he kind of he's like saying, like, I, I he starts with the kind of like uh, a boo has never fed a child. A jeer, a jeer has never cured a disease and it wasn't totally working. And so then he goes like full count Dooku <laughs> and he's like, your fear only strengthens me. Also. Remember when Hillary Clinton said that these people were deplorable mm -hmm. and it was like a whole fucking thing? Mm -hmm. 
isn't re- I would say reprehensible and deplorable are synonyms. interchangeable. Yeah. They're interchange- I think it's the basket that upset people. But it, yeah, the, that was the pro- a basket of deplorable. It's a little, picnic-y, you know? it's, 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 it's a little <laughs> feminine. Right, 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 right. Well, anyway, it's good that Chris Christie's having fun up there. A tank of deplorables. Yeah. yeah. A bushel of, a murder of deplorables. <laughs> An insurrection of deplorables. Yeah. Would you say a taint of deplorables? Tank. I'm going to say taint. Well, you're my accountability partner. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we have to set that up, right? I'm John's and Tommy is Dan's. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, Chris Christie swung by a nearby clown convention and admonished that crowd too, telling them, look at yourselves. Look how absolutely absurd you are in your loud clashing patterns, your oversized shoes and your garish theatrical makeup. You're all laughable. See, that did as well as I thought it would. I smiled. I, I've already read these jokes a million times. I think it'd be funny if you cut to us and Hallie was wearing full clown makeup. <laughs> <laughs> how, how? The problem with what Chris Christie's doing here and the problem with what Asa Hutchinson is doing is you got to go to the place where you get booed, right? Then you go to a place where you get cheered and you say, I went to this place and I told them the truth and they booed me. And then everybody at the place that cheers you goes, he told them the truth at the place that booed him. But these guys got, these guys, they've got nowhere to go. go. <laughs> they got nowhere to go, man. They got nowhere to go where they're not getting booed. There's no place where this is getting cheered in the Republican Party right now. So it's just booze all the way fucking down for these people. That's why he came on Pod Save America. That's why he came on Pod Save America. And I kind of booed him. But we fell in love. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> But for the impatient waiting crowd enjoying their six-hour respite from the CPAP machine at home, the headliner appeared soon enough. Trump spent some of his rambling performance clowning on DeSantis in his usual manner. He asked me for the endorsement. I said, you're so far behind that if George Washington and Abraham Lincoln came back from the dead and endorsed you, you couldn't win. He said, they like you in Florida, sir, very much. I think they, I could. Tears flowing from his eyes. I love, I love that. I First of all, I love how this story is like a fishing story that's like evolved as we've watched it. Like at first it was like DeSantis was losing and he begged me like a dog for my endorsement and I gave him my endorsement and he won. And then it was like DeSantis came in kneeling and crawled across the floor, kissed me on the feet and said, will you endorse me? And then then it's now it's like DeSantis weeping from the eyes beside himself crumbled into a ball at my feet and I put my hand on his shoulder and said, I will help you. That's how he sees himself. As a, he's he's been benef- what is it? Beneficence? Benevolence? Benevolent? Beneficence? Oh. <laughs> is yeah. there a difference between benevolent and beneficent? I've actually same not heard the last beneficent. word. It just taught me something. I would say benevolent benevolent means good. Beneficence means, I think, good and generous. I think benevolent means like well-intentioned not like not you are good you mean to do good right right yes Your intentions uh, are good yeah yeah right benevolent yes benevolent is like with good meaning with good purpose beneficent, and be- beneficence has a bit producing good performing acts of kindness or charity yeah charity is on the beneficent side is that right looks like they're pretty similar though. yeah yeah oh wow the the examples that google gives in a sentence is a beneficent democracy hmm. yeah we'd love to see what that would love to experience it Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh, man. You know, I don't know. Pushing it down. (laughs) Pushing it all the way down. Getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. (laughs) Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. 
we all carry around different stressors, big and small. <laughs> when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the 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 attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Everybody needs therapy. You need therapy. I need therapy. Tommy needs therapy. Mm. We all need therapy. Mm-hmm. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Because I think Triscuits are one of those snacks that they can't sell the version that we have here in Europe because of the oil. I think it'd be because of the wheat. No, I think I think Triscuits is specifically not one of those products. It's not like the ketchup that has like some kind of preservative that in Europe they've quickly realized is like yeah. unhealthy and unnecessary. I thought Triscuit was. Oh, oh I love a wheat then. I know you can't do the Ritz Ritz crackers. They don't allow. Or they do a different formula over there. Yeah. But that wasn't all the rambling Trump did this past week. He took the stand at his civil fraud trial, and it went about as well as could be expected. Less than 10 minutes into his testimony, Trump began ranting about the prosecutors pursuing cases against him, prompting Judge Ngoron to tell him, Mr. Trump, Attorney General Tish James is being very patient. I would like to move things along a little faster. Please just answer the questions. No speeches. Trump replied, that's what she said. And then when asked about it further, he admitted that he always gives rambling speeches before sex. Ew. I don't want to picture no. Trump having sex. I'm done. You're done doing that? <laughs> I'm done. I've been doing it for four years. I've been getting notifications. The accountability <laughs> <laughs> comes hot and heavy. My, my phone's <laughs> melted in my hand. It's now connected to my hand. Trump then complained about the judge when he said that the judge was always ruling against him because he always rules against him. And then the judge responded, Mr. Trump, please just answer the question. You can attack me. Do whatever you want. Just answer the question. What Trump is doing here is actually pretty savvy from a legal perspective. He's setting himself up to appeal on the grounds that an agitated dementia patient kept interrupting the trial. There's no audio of this, which is heartbreaking, but the judge seemed to have the tone of an exhausted parent trying to get a small child dressed. Please, please just put the pants on. You can keep throwing Legos at me. You can grind them into my eyes. Do whatever you want. Just put these pants on. And Gorin said to Trump's lawyer, Chris Keis, Mr. Keis, can you control your client? This is not a political rally. This is a courtroom. And then the lawyer responded, you're in control of the courtroom, not me. In other words, no, I cannot control him. (laughs) If the judge can't control the courtroom and the attorney can't control the room, that leaves us with one option. Bring in Commander Biden. And Gorin threatened to remove Trump from the stand, telling his lawyer, I beseech you to control him if I can't. If you can't, I will excuse him and draw any negative inference that I can. 
I feel for that defense attorney, by the way. But if you're listening, you might try wrapping a Benadryl in a slice of American cheese. I like that. I think that would help. You put in that Diet Coke. Coke. Cheese time. Cheese time. Shake the little pill. When you shake the when you shake the Benadryl pills, Trump will come running right to the kitchen because <laughs> he knows he'll get the cheese. And Goran immediately regretted using the word beseech. It was the foregone conclusion that from then on, Trump would refer to him as Judge Gay Shakespeare. I like that joke. It's my type. Judge Gay Shakespeare? Yeah. Okay. Three things you like. <laughs> being judged. Being gay. <laughs> literature. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Oh, you like Shakespeare? Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. Trump made a zipped lips gesture as he left the courtroom for a break after being instructed not to discuss his testimony. Zip lips. And he smiled, that little smirk. He's funny there. I know. God damn it. Once Trump had zipped his lips, he was too congested to breathe through his nose, but thankfully <laughs> an off-duty EMT was able to revive him. <laughs> and then, while at lunch, Trump decided he'd been gagged long enough, he posted an out-of-context quote from Judge Ngoron saying, no, I'm not here to hear what President Trump has to say. Trump's lips may be zipped, but his sticky little posting fingers... There's no stopping him. In one of the courtroom tantrums, Trump said of Judge Ngoron, he ruled against me without knowing anything about me. He ruled against me and said I was a fraud before he knew anything about me. The fraud's on the court, not on me. Donald, we know more about you than you know about your kids. The only person we know more about is Will Smith, and all of it is against our wishes. And Ngoron lost his patience when Trump began rambling that Aberdeen, Scotland, the site of one of his golf clubs, is the oil capital of Europe, very rich. The judge interrupted, saying, irrelevant, irrelevant, answer the question. Trump then added softly, it is. <laughs> it's a it cri- up, it is. What? It is. I'm sure it is. Oh. It is, ab- first of all, it <laughs> is criminal that. that this trial isn't televised. This is funnier than anything on TV. It's been a long strike. Let America laugh. Let the cameras in there. But also, I feel like there is no jury. This judge has already decided that Trump is guilty. The only thing this judge is deciding is the penalty, which is ultimately subjective. He is taking in all the information, and then he is going to decide, not on Trump's guilt, which he has already ruled on, but just how much money Trump owes in restitution, just how much damage Trump has done, what will happen to his businesses, what will happen to his properties, et cetera, et cetera. That means that all of Trump's fortune is basically in this guy's hand. And every single day, Donald Trump shows up to where this guy works and treats him like an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. No strategy to it. I mean, the strategy is for the public. But yeah, this guy is going to rule against him. And Trump is doing nothing to help himself. Because Trump knows he's going to die soon. Really? Yeah. I, uh, no, no I man think, is going to live. No, 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 no. I, no. Trump, on, Trump, is, Trump is like, here. I don't want to conduct business in the state anymore. And I don't fucking care about my kids. I think Trump he's... is like, rule against me. I have enough money hidden in mattresses all over the world. Like, I've got enough to ride it out until I am dead. He's going to live that... to be like 110. He just has like mm. oppositional disorder or something. Like, uh, that's, he, he I, just, that's... someone says, somebody goes, no. Yeah. Like, he, it's, there's nothing beyond that. There's it's no oppositional future. Dis- there's no past. It's yeah. just, uh, someone's fighting me, so I'm just going to scream in court. That's it. And that's why he was president, because people love that shit. Yeah, I grew up in a household with oppositional designs disorder. That's what this is. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could diagnose him from here. Well, eventually we'll suck around to your diagnosis. <laughs> But until then, Democrats everywhere rented their garments and threw themselves into the sea on Sunday when new polls by The New York Times and Siena College revealed that President Biden is currently trailing Donald Trump 
in five battleground states, losing by a margin of four to 10 points in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. But before you panic, it's worth remembering that the election is a year away. It is totally possible that by that time, Biden will be younger. Even worse, Trump and Biden are nearly tied among voters under 30, down from Biden's clear lead in 2020. One reason for this, the voters under 30 who supported Biden in 2020 are now being counted elsewhere in the polls since they have aged roughly 1,000 years. When asked about alternative Democratic candidates, Kamala Harris only trails Trump by three points instead of Biden's five, and both are outperformed by a generic Democrat alternative who polls eight points ahead of Trump. Sure, we all like a generic abstract Democrat. It's when they have a face and a name and a frail, frail, see-through old body that things get sticky. Voters all across the country turn out to vote for generic Democratic policies, abortion rights, minimum wage, Medicaid expansion, legal weed. They also prefer a generic Democrat to Trump. The problem is independents like Democratic policies, but not Democrats, which is partly because of right-wing propaganda, but also partly because of our personalities. And we should honestly face that. It's my last election where I'll be under 30. Is what I, mean, I heard. This one, this one on this <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. Today, this Tuesday. This Tuesday. Because he's old. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm okay. young at the moment. Young okay. Hard, huh? <laughs> what heart? There were some glimmers of hope in the poll. If Trump is convicted of a crime, it would swing enough voters to put Biden back into the lead. What that also means is there are millions of people who watched a whole Trump presidency, lived through January 6th, saw him get indicted four times, support abortion rights, hated the years of chaos. They're not diehard Trump supporters. They're open to Biden. But they need that jury for a person to stand up and say he's guilty. And there's no use in complaining about it. And you can't win people over by insulting them. And I promise not to do this for the next year between now and Election Day. But one last time before we get practical, independent voters, man. Jesus fucking Christ. You know, you promise this is the last time. <laughs> yes. This is the last time a Biden spokesperson told Axios in response to the polls predictions more than a year out tend to look a little different a year later. Don't take our word for it. Gallup predicted an eight point loss for President Obama only for him to win handily a year later. And think about all the predictions you made about your own life a year ago. Have any of them come true? Mine haven't. Mm. Mine did. Oh, oh, was yours also about Pedro Pascal? No, I saw Beyonce three times. Well, okay. Kendra 1U0. Kendra 3U0. And finally, in an interview about our upcoming memoir, Barbara Streisand told the BBC that she called up Apple CEO Tim Cook to complain about how Siri pronounced her name. Streisand, I said. My name is with a Z. It's Streisand like sand on the beach. Now, how simple can you get? Sand on the beach. Streisand. So anyway, you know, I decided, how do I change this? See, I like solving problems. I figured I'd better call Apple. I mean, the head of Apple, you know, Tim Cook. And he had Siri change the pronunciation of my name to be correct. I mean, is that, that's one perk of fame. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Shall we check that it works? I've got my phone here. Oh yeah, do it, can you? Hey Siri, who sings Papa, Can You Hear Me? Barbara Streisand sings the song Papa, Can You Hear Me? It works. Ah, isn't it right? It works. Woo! I gotta work on Papa next. I like how the interviewer is not allowed to be in the same room with her. I, just, I like yeah. how she's on the set of the King of Queens. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think that it's amazing to say, well, there's a perk of fame. We found one sitting in what is surely a castle. <laughs> and the fact that like Barbara Streisand has in her basement, you know that she has in her yeah. basement 100%. a mall yep. that I she can go, go to the so mall. Bad. And she's like, oh, I wish I could figure out some advantage to all this celebrity. <laughs> oh, I know. There's this one thing I did. I didn't know how famous I wanted to be, but now I know. I want to get to the level 
that when you call Apple for tech support, it's Tim Cook. The other thing is, Tim Cook may run a multinational corporation with a market cap of over a trillion dollars, but if you strip all that away, he's a fag taking orders from Barbara Streisand and he's loving every minute of it. And that's our show. We did it. We did it. Thank you to Kendra, Halley, and Brian. And we'll see you sluts next Saturday. Bye, sluts. Bye. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our executive producer. Brian Semmel is our producer. And Malcolm Whitfield is our associate producer. Hallie Kiefer is our head writer. Sarah Lazarus, Jocelyn Kaufman, Peter Miller, and Alan Pierre, Will Miles, and Mohanad El Shaki are our writers. Evan Sutton is our editor. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis provide audio support. On the road, Vendelin von Schroeder is our tour manager, and Anastasia Anderson is our tour coordinator. Stephen Colon is our audio engineer, and Milo Kim is our videographer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Bernardo Serna, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Zuri Irvin, David Tolls, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroote, for filming and editing video each week so you can. You can find those glorious videos at youtube.com slash at loveitorleaveitpodcast. Subscribe to Love It or Leave It on YouTube for access to video versions of your favorite segments and other exclusive content. Don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on IG and Twitter. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. It's Love It or Leave It. It's oh my God. Are insane. The name Triscuit comes from a combination electric of the biscuit. words electricity and biscuit. Oh. Yeah, I knew that. Why electricity? Because it, there was some way in which they cooked them that was like pioneering because they like they were cooked with electricity. Like that was really cool. Oh, like maybe an electric, like a easy oh. bake oven situation. It's a commonly held belief that the tri and Triscuit refers to its three ingredients, wheat, oil, and salt. Hell yeah. God, I'm just, I'm crushing it on the Triscuit. Four records. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's an electric biscuit. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I like that. In 1935, they began spraying the crackers with oil and adding salt. Oh. But there must be water involved. I would assume. Surely there must yeah. be water involved. But maybe not. Maybe they just mash it with some oil and salt. Right out, yeah. They're so good. They they're do so, taste very oily. They're they so good. I love a Triscuit. Ah, love a Triscuit.